Yo, it's Julian on the Brano and a review of last year's best reviewed film, The Power of the Dog by New Zealand director Jane Campion, most noted for The Piano, which I haven't seen and I don't know if I've seen any of the films. Now, this is um, on Metacritic, which um, aggregates not only movie scores from critics, but it also does end of year lists. Um, and you know how many times a film appears in top 10 lists and where it was and so on and power of the dog won the year as the best reviewed film of the year and um, it stars benedict Cumberbatch and jesse plemons as two brothers that live in montana in 1925 on a ranch uh in a sort of mag you know magnificent ambience and sort of world where the motor vehicle is just emerging um, but it's still very much the Wild West. And um, Benedict Cumberbatch is a, a, a massive bully, the most macho guy alive, and um, belittles Jesse Plemons, a much more circumspect person. And when they go to a... Um, they take the ranchers out for a meal at a place run by Kristen Dunst. Kristen Dunst. I will always say Kristen Dunst for the rest of my life. Kristen Dunst, uh, whose son is... Um, uh, Cody Smith McPhee, who I've had several thoughts about on this show. Um, and the Benedict Cumberbatch person abuses the hell out of everyone in his sights in the most bullying way possible. He is the embodiment of toxic masculinity and makes, and basically, the Cody Smith McPhee character is portrayed as either a gay man. Or very young gay man, but also how old is Cody Smith McPhee? He's playing like an eighteen-year-old here. He's twenty-five, twenty-six. He can just about get away with it. And it makes um, the Kirsten Dunst character cry. And um, Jesse Plemons returns after hours and apologizes for his brother's behaviour and forms a relationship with Kirsten Dunst's character. And her and her son move in to the ranch. Uh, in uh, previously, Jesse Plemons and um, Benedict Cumberbatch are shown sharing the same bed. Another room has two beds in it, but basically they've been living as bachelors together in this weirdly incestuous environment and obviously a highly abusive one from Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, who continues his abuse of um, Kirsten Dunst, calling her a money grabber and of the son for being a feat and mocking him and causing their lives to be hell. And then about the midway through the movie, there are some revelations, which are actually really good revelations. And um, the whole thing is about the, the notion of masculinity and how people hide by um, massively amping up how masculine they are and so on and so forth. And um, this has got overwhelming it's got john johnny greenwood from radiohead doing the soundtrack and it's got overwhelming critical appraise um but honestly i'm reviewing two films here today one is nightmare alley which hasn't got the kudos and one is a film that has got uh, endless kudos and to me that almost deserves to be reversed so the the biggest problem I have with this film is the first 20 minutes watching Benedict Cumberbatch, he, it feels like it's one for the ages. He's so horrible and so intensely, compellingly horrible that I thought that this would be an incredible film. But after that, 
it kind of neuters him and everything about the story. It is. It ends up being just inconsequential, really. Um, I thought that um, it just take it just wound everything back. At the moment, you were waiting for things to be much more horrible and for things to get really, really intense. It kind of. It kind of. It kind of petered out to nothingness. It is an inconsequential film, really. It's beautifully made. And um, there are still some horror stories. I thought the most compellingly horrible moment after the start was not Benedict Cumberbatch towards Kirsten Dunst. It was um, the dinner party they have where uh, Jesse Plemons forces her to play piano. I thought that was nightmarishly horrible. But really, the intensity of those earlier scenes are lost in the rest of the film. They really, even though Kirsten Dunst gives a great performance, I felt like her and Jesse Plemons in particular were sidelined after the first third of the film. They don't necessarily go very... Jesse Plemons is just basically absent after that. His character doesn't develop anymore. He's missing for large parts of the film where you feel like he should definitely be there. Um, and the Kristen Dunst, Kirsten Dunst character's descent into alcoholism is very well acted. I rate her as an actress. One of the biggest grievances in modern Oscar history is her not getting a nomination for Melancholia, one of the best performances this century. But <clears throat> I don't think there's much writing to the characters after that point. I really love the... Um, the, the the point you realise what's going on with Benedict Cumberbatch and his relationship with Cody Skip Smith Cody Smith McPhee is the high point of the film. I really like that. I thought that was really well done, and it and it really opened up the film at a point where, in the midsection, it was starting to flag massively. And um, I've trashed Cody Smith McPhee for being this eternal emo crybaby teenager. In 2067, he was so bad. This is the first film I've seen him in where I actually rate his performance. Uh, even in Slow West, I just thought he was well cast as an emo crybaby teenager. But here, I actually really did think he gave a brilliant performance. In fact, you could possibly see three of the performances here awards nominated. Kirsten Dunst is, is fantastic. Jesse Plemons could be, but he's he's they just don't write any character for him after about... A third of the film it's just disappears um it's very beautifully shot uh, montana is one of the most photogenic places in the world the 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 music by johnny greenwood from radiohead is very in modern vernacular pick me um it is very good but it's constantly grabbing you by grabbing your shoulder and like trying to get attention all the time i didn't think it sunk into the background at all it was very very in your face but there was just so it, it became quite soft. Um, I was expecting a lot rawer a film, uh, one with much heavier emotion, and I felt Benedict Cumberbatch could have, you know, been an. an, an I've I reviewed uh, the Courier earlier last year and said about how brilliant an actor he is, and on the opening half an hour he is uh, an Oscar-worthy winner, <coughs> and he still might get there, but. They knew to his character so much that I think that will stop him winning um, because the like the level of malevolence he possesses at the start is just gone. It's, 
I, I don't know. It's a film that goes nowhere. It really does. It's, an, it's a bit Emperor's New Clothes to me, The Power of the Dog, I'm afraid. Um, it just doesn't have enough oomph to it. It really does sort of peter out into a little bit of a melodrama. And I found the end silly. I found the introduction of Anthrax at the end to be big enough to be distortive and to be actually quite aggravatingly silly a way to end the film on. And like I said, it peters out. All of the characters peter out to nothing without actually meaning anything. So I a bit of a letdown for me. Power of the Dog, I'm going to give a solid 7 out of 10. Um, a lot of really nice filmmaking craft. A lot of strong moments. Um, but a sum that doesn't add up to a whole, really, for me. So 7 out of 10 for The Power of the Dog. Last week, I featured Scrawly D uh, as uh, the originator of...